Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a lot to discuss, particularly the United Launch Alliance's ULA's second launch of the year, an Atlas V rocket mission for the National Reconnaissance Office and the Space Force called Silent Barker NROL-107. This mission aims to deploy watchdog satellites to geostationary Earth orbit, which will help us keep tabs on the activities of other countries in this orbital regime. Now, ULA's activities have been fairly low-key in comparison to SpaceX, which has conducted 63 orbital missions so far this year. But don't let that overshadow the significance of the Atlas V launch, one that had the rocket in its most powerful configuration with five solid rocket boosters, and the goal to improve America's monitoring abilities in the geostationary belts, where many of our vital communications and observation satellites operate. It's more than just a rocket going up. It's about national security in the future of space reconnaissance. If we backtrack a little bit, ULA's only other launch this year was a Delta IV Heavy back in June. SpaceX, on the other hand, has been on a roll, managing to accomplish 63 orbital missions across all of its launch complexes, including California. Now, the sheer number of SpaceX missions has resulted in ULA falling into the background. But that doesn't negate the importance of these efforts. The Atlas V's launch marks the 48th launch of the year from the Space Coast, with only three missions not coming from SpaceX. One came from Relativity Space, launching its 3D-printed Terran-1 rocket in March. With still more than three months to go in the year, the Space Coast is looking good to beat its 2022 record of 57 launches. And it's not just about quantity. The quality and strategic significance of these launches are also noteworthy. Silent Barker's mission is a classified one, involving multiple payloads designed to be placed in geostationary Earth orbit. Now, Chris uh, Scolese, director of the National Reconnaissance Office, or the NRO, explained that the satellites will allow for an enhanced understanding of activities happening in the orbital belt. Monitoring geostationary orbit is critical as it offers a unique viewpoint for observing Earth-bound activities and other satellites. And in terms of power, the five boosters of the Atlas V generate a remarkable 2.1 million pounds of thrust on liftoff, and these burned for around 90 seconds before separating from the first stage, which continued its upward trajectory. The rocket Centaur upper stage, powered by a version of the Aerojet Rocketdyne RL-10 engine, will ferry its national security payloads approximately 24,000 miles away from their destination. Now, it's worth mentioning that this isn't Atlas V's first rodeo. This is the 13th time that it's flown with five boosters since its debut in 2006. 
Past missions have included NASA's Juno and New Horizons missions, showcasing the rocket's versatility and its reliability. Additionally, ULA only has one Delta IV Heavy and 18 more Atlas V rockets left in its lineup, with seven earmarked for Boeing's CST-100 Starliner, nine for Amazon's Project Kuiper satellite constellation, and two others. Now, ULA does have plans to transition to its new Vulcan Centaur rockets, but there have been delays. Despite these challenges, their next launch is set for as early as September 26, and it's an important one. The first of Amazon's nine Atlas V missions that will send test satellites into orbit. These launches will pave the way for multiple Vulcan missions, as well as launches of Arian Space's upcoming Ariana 6 and Blue Origin still in development New Glenn rockets. However, things haven't been all smooth sailing for SpaceX either. The FAA has raised safety concerns regarding SpaceX's super heavy Starship launch vehicle. As a result, SpaceX needs to complete 63 corrective actions before another test flight is authorized. These include hardware redesigns, launch pad reinforcements, and enhanced safety protocols. It's another hurdle that SpaceX has to overcome, but it's crucial for ensuring the safety and success of future missions. SpaceX has been making headlines for its frequent and successful launches. It has also encountered some regulatory turbulence, particularly from the FAA. Now, the FAA cited safety concerns regarding SpaceX's Starship, and according to the agency, SpaceX needs to correct and complete 63 actions before they can launch the Starship again. Now, these corrective actions encompass a wide range of elements, including hardware redesigns, launch pad reinforcements, and bolstered safety protocols. And the FAA's involvement isn't surprising given its mandate to regulate all aspects of civil aviation, including commercial space launches. And as SpaceX's Super Heavy Starship is designed to be a reusable orbital class rocket, making it the most powerful rocket ever developed, safety considerations are paramount. Now, the FAA's role here is to ensure that the rocket's design, build quality, and operational protocols meet rigorous standards to protect both the crew and the public. And this regulatory hurdle has implications for SpaceX's broader ambitions. The Starship Super Heavy is crucial to the company's plans for interplanetary travel, including missions to Mars. And delays in its development and testing timeline may have a ripple effect, potentially slowing down a variety of planned missions, such as the Artemis 3 mission and Artemis 4, and also commercial partnerships. Now, these could range from lunar landings with Artemis to even more futuristic endeavors, like establishing a human presence on Mars. However, this isn't necessarily a roadblock that could derail SpaceX's overall trajectory. The company has a track record of effectively responding to and overcoming regulatory challenges. Completing the 63 corrective actions is a tall order, but one within the realms of feasibility for SpaceX. What this scenario emphasizes is the balance that needs to be struck between innovation and safety, especially as a commercial space travel becomes more central to our future in space exploration. Now, before we wrap things up, let's touch on the geopolitical aspects of these launches. Countries like Russia and China have been ramping up their space capabilities, including potential anti-satellite weaponry. Now, this adds an extra layer of importance to the Silent Barker mission. The satellites are expected to monitor any abnormal or potentially threatening activities in the geostationary orbit, providing both defensive and deterrent capabilities. Recently, Morgan Stanley upgraded Tesla stock from 
equal weight to overweight and hike the price target from $200 to $400. Now, this optimistic outlook largely stems from their view of Dojo's immense potential, not just in advancing Tesla's AI capabilities, but also as a service that could be offered on its own. Now, Dojo's goal is to effectively process millions of terabytes of video data captured from real-life driving situations from Tesla's plus 4 million cars. Now, this goal led to a considerably different architecture than conventional supercomputer designs. And going live in July 2023, Dojo serves as the training ground for Tesla's machine learning models aimed at bolstering its full self-driving system, or FSD. And unlike conventional supercomputers, Dojo is architected to handle millions of terabytes of real-life video data from over 4 million Tesla vehicles on the road right now. Now, this unique task called for an architecture that broke away from traditional supercomputer designs, focusing on efficiency and scalability. Now, before Dojo, Tesla was already a formidable name in computing. The company had several parallel computing clusters, one of which was, by some metrics, among the top supercomputers globally. However, there were debates about its actual performance due to unclear metrics. Now, these Tesla GPU clusters were pivotal in training neural networks to better understand real-world driving conditions. And with Mojo, Tesla aims to supersede its own lofty standards. Mentioned first in 2019 during Tesla's Autonomy Investors Day, Mojo faced some delays due to power and thermal challenges. Nevertheless, it officially came into the limelight in 2021 and moved into production use in 2023, equipped with 10,000 NVIDIA H100 GPUs to enhance its performance. Now, Dojo's reception among analysts is mixed, yet mostly positive. And while some say it's impressive but won't change the supercomputing game, others call it an in-house developed game changer that can massively speed up the development of autonomous vehicles. Now, the endorsement from Morgan Stanley is particularly significant, suggesting that Dojo could be a catalyst for an unprecedented increase in Tesla's market value. The idea is that Tesla's focus on custom-designed AI chips for video training could afford a formidable advantage in the autonomous vehicle sector and beyond. At Tesla's AI Day in 2021, they introduced Dojo. But at the time, they were just getting started. They had a first chip and some training tiles, but we're still in the process of constructing a full dojo cabinet in a cluster. Fast forward to AI Day 22, they made considerable headway, including developing a full system tray. And they're aiming to ramp it up to a 100 exaflop capability by the end of 2024. This is particularly significant as Tesla's ambitions becoming increasingly computer-constrained, especially in self-driving endeavors. Moreover, Tesla's future doesn't just rest on car sales. Supercharging network with partnerships like the one they've received established with Hilton Hotels presents another potential revenue stream. Adam Jonas believes that the advantages and the advancements in chip technology will add to this by possibly extending the self-driving licensing and operating system licensing. Now let's talk numbers for those who love them. Morgan Stanley's price target shift from 250 to 400 isn't trivial. The analyst broke down the value and factored in Dojo's impact on the overall valuation. This was a pivotal enough shift to lift Tesla stock by nearly 10% following the note's release. And get this, aside from Tesla, Morgan Stanley also sees the possibility of non-Tesla fleet licensing revenue. 
which means the reach of Tesla's technological advancements could go beyond its own lineup of electric vehicles. And while the core business of Tesla has always been tied to electric vehicles, this new focus on Dojo as a revenue generator isn't really a wild shift. In fact, we mentioned this before, that Dojo could potentially be offered as a service, augmenting its utility and contributing to Tesla's overall value. So the concept isn't new, but what is notable is how mainstream financial analysts are now seeing Dojo not just as a little side project for Tesla for their own vehicles, but as a key aspect of Tesla's future growth and the value. Now, one more thing before we go. There are other market forces at play. Currently, there's a looming potential of a massive UAW strike that can negatively affect Tesla's competitors. This labor strike in competing companies could inadvertently give Tesla a huge edge, further fueling optimism around Tesla stock and future prospects. We're tackling some serious issues surrounding SpaceX, and Senator Elizabeth Warren has been very vocal in her calls for an investigation into SpaceX's role in international affairs. The point of contention? A recent decision to block Ukraine from utilizing Starlink satellite network for a military operation against Russian warships. This issue is sparking wider debates about the authority private companies should or should not have in matters of national and international security. First, let's contextualize the situation that has Senator Warren and many others up in arms. Recently communicated via X, Elon Musk said about a very sensitive topic. The Ukrainian government had asked SpaceX to activate the Starlink network in the vicinity of Sevastopol. Now, they plan to use this capability against the Russian fleet anchored there. After due consideration, the decision was to decline their request. Had they accepted it, it would have thrust SpaceX into the direct role of participating in military action and conflict escalation. Now, Senator Warren's argument focuses on whether international policy decisions should be influenced by a single individual or a private entity. She has also alluded to reevaluating the Defense Department's contractual relations with SpaceX. The question here isn't just about this one instance with Ukraine, though. It goes far beyond this stretching into the dynamics of how private companies, especially in the tech sector, integrate and interact with government bodies. Senator Jack Reed, who chairs the Armed Services Committee, echoed Warren's concerns. While recognizing the crucial role that SpaceX has played in democratizing access to space, even for national security missions, Reed questions the ultimate authority a private company should possess in national security decisions. Traditional roles are shifting. Government sectors that were once exclusively state-controlled are now increasingly privatized or partnered with private entities. Where should the lines be drawn? It's noteworthy to state that at the time of Ukraine's request, SpaceX had no specific defense contracts concerning the use of Starlink in Ukraine. However, the Defense Department has recently started funneling undisclosed financial resources to support Starlink's operational use there. Now, as if the Starlink controversy wasn't complex enough, let's throw another log onto the fire. SpaceX is currently facing legal action from the Justice Department, accused of discriminating against refugees and asylum seekers during hiring. The department alleges that SpaceX has violated the Immigration and Nationality Act, citing that they discouraged or outright rejected these groups in the hiring processes. In response to the lawsuit, SpaceX has stated, 
that they were advised not to hire non-U.S. permanent residents due to international arms trafficking laws. Yet the Justice Department counters this claim by stating that refugees and asylum seekers possess the right to live and work in the United States indefinitely. They argue that under export control laws, these groups stand on equal level footing with U.S. citizens. Now, the issue here is multifaceted. On one hand, you have SpaceX, a private company working closely with government bodies, navigating a labyrinth of international laws and ethical conundrums. On the other hand, you have a government body questioning the ethical framework and legal boundaries within which they operate. So what's the core issue here? Both these situations, the refusal to aid Ukraine's military action and the Justice Department's lawsuit, point to a complex interplay of factors at the crossroads of technology, policy, and ethics. And these issues are not isolated. They're reflective of broader questions the world is grappling with. And what role should private entities play in sectors traditionally managed by the state? Where does the moral compass point when you're standing at the intersection of commerce, innovation, and ethics? Now, decisions made by tech companies are often not black and white. For example, the refusal to activate the Starlink network for Ukraine was not a matter of taking sides, but rather a complicated ethical decision. If SpaceX had agreed to their quest, it would be directly involved in a military conflict, which is a responsibility that goes beyond the scope of a private company. The situation highlights how easily tech companies can be pulled into geopolitical conflicts and raises questions about what checks should be in place to govern these kinds of interactions. Government contracting with private tech companies for services related to national security isn't new, though. But as technology advances, the scale and impact of these contracts grow. And this raises new ethical and policy questions. Should a private company like SpaceX with considerable impact on national security infrastructure have the ability to make unilateral decisions that have been traditionally the prerogative of sovereign states? It's a question that's becoming more pertinent as the lines between state and private sector blur. Now, turning to the Department of Justice lawsuit, it's worth noting that the hiring policies of tech companies often intersect with complex laws and regulations. However, these policies should not be allowed to discriminate against individuals based on their nationality or immigration status, as the Department of Justice alleges. But here, too, the lines are not clear-cut, not black and white. SpaceX, given the nature of its work, is bound by export control laws that can indeed restrict hiring in some instances. The question then is whether such laws were interpreted too broadly, leading to discriminatory hiring practices. And this case again shows the complexity involved with private companies taking on roles traditionally held by the state. What's next for SpaceX? They're working actively to understand the complexities of this issue. Now, the balance between working closely with government agencies while maintaining ethical responsibility is intricate. It's something that they don't take lightly. The coming days and weeks will surely bring out dialogue, discussion, and perhaps changes in how these kinds of situations are approached, not just by SpaceX, but by the entire tech industry, possibly. Now, these controversies surrounding SpaceX shine a light on broader debates about the role of private companies in public and international affairs. The increased intersectionality between private enterprise and state functions raises valid concerns that are only going to become more complicated as technology advances. What we're witnessing are early growing pains of a new era where traditional boundaries are being redefined. Now, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Elon Musk podcast. This has been an intense but crucial discussion, and it's only the tip of the iceberg. We'll be following these stories as they unfold. SpaceX's Starship project and its dealings with the FAA. Recent statements suggest that a new launch license 
could be granted to SpaceX as early as next month, following an intense period of technical investigation and corrective action. Now, this comes after a Starship rocket exploded during a test launch in April, leading to a joint mishap investigation by both SpaceX and the FAA. Now, acting FAA Administrator Polly Trottenberg announced optimism for the license approval in the coming weeks, and the FAA wrapped up its technical investigation into the April test launch, outlining 63 corrective actions that SpaceX must take. And while the FAA and other governing bodies like NASA and the National Transportation Safety Board played oversight roles, the investigation was primarily led by SpaceX. And the FAA recently released a mishap closure letter detailing expectations around safety and environmental issues that the company must meet before it can launch its next Starship rocket. But before any engines roar, SpaceX still needs a separate environmental nod from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service which is yet to be determined. And during the ill-fated April launch, the Starship's flight was far from smooth. Four minutes into the flight, the rocket exploded near SpaceX's Boca Chica launch site on the Texas coast. And reports showed debris and particulates from the explosion affecting the nearby town of Port Isabel. A series of issues ranging from structural failure at the launch pad to an unexpected delay in the activation of the autonomous flight safety system culminated in the catastrophic event. And to prevent future mishaps, the FAA expects SpaceX to redesign vehicle hardware and launch pad, incorporate additional reviews, and apply more rigorous change control practices. Now, SpaceX has been diligently working to meet the FAA's expectations. According to updates on their website, New features like a hot staging separation system and an electric thrust vector control system are now part of the rocket design. These updates aim to increase the reliability and safety of future launches. Elon Musk himself announced thousands of upgrades to Starship and the launch pad in Mechazilla, referring to the tower launch structure at the Boca Chica site. Now let's talk more about SpaceX's Starbase in Boca Chica, Texas. This launch site has been a symbol of innovation and ambition for SpaceX. A formerly quiet village, Boca Chica has transformed into a hub of aerospace activities. The proximity to the Gulf of Mexico allows for easy transportation of rocket components, while the vast open land provides an ideal backdrop for test launches and subsequent data analysis. SpaceX has been increasing its land holdings around the site, and the infrastructure has seen significant developments. Buildings and tech labs dedicated to research and development, assembly buildings for Starship, and even living quarters for engineers and staff are in various stages of construction. The transformation is a testament to SpaceX's commitment to the Starship project and its broader goals of interplanetary travel. However, the site's expansion hasn't come without its share of criticism. Environmentalists and local groups have expressed concerns about the potential impact on local ecosystems and wildlife. Notably, the launch site is close to a wildlife refuge and public beach. The proximity to these environmentally sensitive zones led to a lawsuit against the FAA and SpaceX, demanding a more comprehensive environmental impact study. Now, Starship is designed to be more than just another rocket. It represents a leap toward fulfilling space ambitions on a scale we have not seen before. And with plans to be used in NASA's Artemis moon missions, Artemis 3 in particular, in Elon Musk's vision of Mars colonization, there's a considerable weight of expectation on Starship. The rocket's testing and certification carry not just the company's commercial aspiration, but also the dream of expanding human civilization 
beyond Earth, to the moon, and also to Mars and beyond. Now, the upcoming weeks will be pivotal for SpaceX and the Starship program. With the FAA's technical investigation concluded, all eyes will be on how swiftly SpaceX can implement the recommended changes and secure the necessary permissions for the next test launch. For Elon Musk and SpaceX, the clock's ticking, especially when you consider the ambitious timelines they've set for themselves, including the Artemis 3 flight planned for 2025. Now, the Artemis 3 mission represents a pivotal moment in America's renewed commitment to lunar exploration, slated to carry astronauts to the moon's surface for the first time since 1972. And NASA has been collaborating with SpaceX, among other partners, to ensure that this historic journey comes to fruition. The mission aims to land American astronauts near the moon's South Pole, a region yet unexplored by humans, but thought to contain frozen water and other vital resources. The goal of Artemis 3 is to go beyond mere exploration. They include testing new technologies that would pave the way for sustainable lunar settlement and future missions to Mars. And in terms of hardware, the Starship Human Landing System, the HLS, developed by SpaceX, plays a huge role in the Artemis 3 mission. This particular version of the Starship is tailored for the unique environments and the requirements of lunar travel, including the ability to operate in the moon's vacuum conditions. SpaceX has already made strides in proving the capabilities of its Starship HLS by successfully testing the vacuum-optimized Raptor engines, simulating key aspects of landing on the moon. These preparatory steps build on SpaceX's existing work with Raptor engines designed to be flexible enough to adapt from sea-level conditions to the vacuum of space. And the success of Artemis 3 could not only rewrite our understanding of the moon, but also lay the foundation for subsequent missions under the Artemis program. And following Artemis 3, NASA has already scheduled Artemis 4 for 2028 or 2029, with plans for a more extended stay on the lunar surface. Moreover, a successful Artemis 3 would cement SpaceX's role as the primary contractor for NASA, substantiating the private sector's capability in contributing to space exploration on a unprecedented scale. Achieving the mission's goals would undoubtedly galvanize global interest in space travel, stimulating investment, innovation, and public enthusiasm for what lies beyond our Earth's realm. Now, thank you so much for joining us here on the Elon Musk podcast. We've talked about SpaceX and the FAA substantially this week. So please, if you enjoy SpaceX, hit the subscribe button or the follow button on whatever podcast platform you're on right now. It's free and it takes just a second. And until next time, please take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you in the next one.